Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, mix it up. Let's mix it up. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I uh, forgot a word there. I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, we'll roll with it. What the heck? So uh, today, today, is here we are. Our day, here we are. Yep. You know what, man? <laughs> Remember, I think on one of the previous podcasts, we talked about Fool's Spring. It's yeah. winter out again. Yeah, it got real cold last yeah. night. Things froze. My, it's February. My I mean, daughter, who's expect? 10 years old and weighs 40 pounds soaking wet, was trying to get into the truck this morning. And she just <laughs> pulled. I'm like, you got to unlock the door. She's like, it is unlocked. But it was frozen. <laughs> it was so funny watching her try to get oh, in. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So. Nice. We, uh, we're we we're doing episode 98 today, Jason. Wow. We are dangerously close to 100. I never Will we thought make we it? would get there. Will we make it? I still don't know if we'll get there. <laughs> it's up for debate. <laughs> I have some doubts. I have some doubts. Yeah. I mean, we're coming into a pretty busy time, and it's it's going to be uh, be interesting. Throw all of that into the mix, and we're talking about taxes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is your favorite month of the year. No. No, it's not. It's March. It's March. We spent February talking a lot about retirement plans, yeah. really kind of building on what we had talked about initially, starting your New Year's resolutions, doing your budget, mm-hmm. having some intentionality around your plan, where to make your contributions, all that good stuff. So this is a transition episode. Yep. We are going to be talking a little bit about retirement because of some new tax legislation. Yeah, actually. and this is coming yeah. up uh, in conversation more. I think, again, as we've had like I guess, grease the skids for clients. They're Mm -hmm. like trying to understand what they should be saving. They're going, oh, I can put more in or I didn't know I could do. Yeah. Way to go. You blew it. Now everyone knows we can put more in. All right. (laughs) Let's just slam this drink and call it good. (laughs) So before we do, because it's cold outside, darn it, Jason, we're drinking a warm inside, inside cat drink today. It is. This is, uh, we're drinking what's called the Buckeye Hot Chocolate. Oh, I know. Right. (laughs) Do you feel a little basic? I do, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this one's not basic. So we're going to... Let's just jump right into the drink. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So I I got this off of uh, (laughs) OHLQ.com. Nice. Oh, yeah. I did see that in the email. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I thought hot chocolate season was passed because it was 66 degrees out the other day. I know. It's it's Um, making a comeback. Yes. This is second winter. By my counts, we have three more to go after this one. (laughs) And then we can get to spring. But anyway... We're drinking something that's going to keep us warm. If you want to join us at home while you're listening to the podcast and mixing it up, mm-hmm. here are the ingredients. OHLQ gave us the the batch. Ooh, so batch by the way. So this is yeah, this is a <laughs> that's big one. for the punch bowl. Huh? I had to do financial advisor math to, to break it down. Wow, uh, did so you use your BA to uh, my TI eighty six? <laughs> Ooh, nice. Texas. Okay, yeah, yeah. Ooh, no, no. Out the big guns. <laughs> starts with, I had to get out my spreadsheet. <laughs> no, this one starts with twelve packets of hot chocolate. Mix, wow, holy moly, that's a whole box. Seventy two ounces of hot water. Six ounces of whiskey. What? Ooh. <laughs> That's not enough. Six ounces of peanut butter whiskey. Ugh. All right, so we, we got this stuff, huh? Screwball. Yep. And then whipped cream. So anyway, what I did to make this single serving size, one packet of hot chocolate mix, six ounces of hot water, a oh, half an ounce of whiskey, you say whiskey. <laughs> a half an ounce of peanut butter whiskey. But you know what? Before we dig in, I would say season as desired with whiskey. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's give it a shot here, right, Jason. Here we go. I've never had the screwball peanut butter whiskey. I like peanut butter. 
I like whiskey, but to me, this is not something that I would typically mix, but we'll see. This it is smells so chocolatey. Good. It smells good. And it's a Buckeye hot chocolate, like the little dessert Buckeye, right? Chocolate peanut butter. We didn't cheers. Yes, we did. Did we? We did. Cheers. Gosh, you're right. senile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. That is good. I think good. it needs more whiskey, though. Honestly. Okay. Hit me. I'm going to. Well, now, be careful. I know. We're, we're doing two-a-days again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little splash. That's really good. What, what did you think of that? I know you're not a big sweets guy. No, I'm not, but I do like hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a cold weather staple. So, no, this is really good. Again, I think I, it's really light on the whiskey. Like, yes. from my perspective, lots need, of chocolate. Do you need more whipped cream? Nah. You're sh- are you sure? I'm good. <laughs> Easy. Okay. I don't need hair either. <laughs> Half an ounce more. Yeah, yeah, I think we could step it up. Double the whiskey yeah, in there. Yeah. I mean it's it's real good with a little extra well, Kentucky hug. When you use good ingredients like bullet, bourbon, yeah. I guess screwball. I don't know. That, oh, is it top shelf that peanut, drink butter, peanut butter whiskey? Butter whiskey? <laughs> it, it was uh it wasn't cheap. We've uh, been told Swiss this is top shelf <laughs> peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I haven't had it by itself. Are you gonna try a little bit by itself? I was really thinking about it. Get, I'll those, try little, a little bit. get those little mule mugs out. Oh, okay. Where that? Oh, look. These are awesome. Look at this. For all our YouTube our YouTube viewers, we're going to try this. We got to cheers these too, you know. Okay. I just about spilled that all over your computer. Zzz. Cheers. Tink. <laughs> Mm-mm. Wow, that's terrible. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Not by itself. No thanks. Um, it really, it tastes like a liqueur. It does, yeah. A cordial. It, it really, it really What's does. What's the proof on that, by the 70. way? 70. That's pretty high. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, so it, I mean, it's not. Yeah, it, it. So I wouldn't. That's probably why it's a whiskey. Well, I don't even know the rules for a whiskey. It can't be bourbon. Nope. Well, because there's peanut butter in it, <laughs> among other reasons. Anyway, <laughs> so right, what's well, a peanut butter barrel look like? Okay, that's what so I want to know. <laughs> a little bit of this goes a long way. I, I could see. It's honestly, really good with the chocolate, though. It is good. It, it, it is good with the hot chocolate. You can taste it in there. I, I would say this if if you're like. Jacob here at the office, who's not yeah. a whiskey fan, it might be a gateway. But he drinks a mean White Claw. He does. He does. He likes his I seltzers. I know. Uh, and mom waters. But yeah, that, <laughs> that might be. A, it might be a gateway into whiskey. Really, um, maybe if you get used to drinking the peanut butter whiskey and the flavor, yeah. uh, it, it just might open your mind to. It's in that same vein whiskeys. as like Fireball in my in my mind. It's not as bad as Fireball. No, I would say that it's not. Fireball is like just a like cinnamon water. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Well, now that we've I'm sorry. Now that we drinks. now that we offended a lot of people, <laughs> let's get into the finance portion of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. So what we're talking about, we hinted at legislation. The it's best topic of the season: legislation. Legislation. Yeah. You want to talk politics? They and actually passed a bill in Congress. Let's like, mix all of this stuff together. Oh. Yeah, they did. They snuck this one in at the end of the year. Secure Act 2.0, similar to how they snuck in the first Secure Act. That's right. Yeah. If you remember, and I think we've mentioned it on the podcast. It was before. the Christmas season. It was. It was. Ra- they rammed it through right at the end of the year, and, and then we had a pandemic. Right, and, and that's <laughs> so nobody remember. Here's the deal: Secure Act 2.0 came out, and there's like a hundred some provisions and this. this is all part of like the omnibus huge bill that's passed the budget bills mm-hmm. that's why usually they wait until the absolute last second of the year mm-hmm. 
to pass these bills. So, so when you call us and they a- you ask questions of like, why do they do this at the end of every year? Well, they want to wear people out. That's they right. want to go home for Christmas and mm-hmm. New Year. Mm-hmm. So they just ram as much pork as possible into, and then you get a bill bridge to nowhere. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and the funny thing about the way that the first Secure Act worked out is. Like you said, immediately after COVID, uh, so nobody really remembers. Right. I can remember, Jason, tax season 2020, mm-hmm. Yep, which was delayed. delayed. Right? It, everybody got an extension. But I remember in September talking to tax folks. They didn't have a clue. Who didn't know some of the Secure Act right. stuff, right? right? So to a certain extent, you can't blame them. They just dealt through like PPP. Yeah, there was a lot idea, yep. And just like piles of like, how do we... People are just getting money dropped out of helicopters on them. Like, is mm-hmm. that income? Is it not income? And the IRS is like, yeah, yeah the IRS uh-huh. is, as usual, good with guidance, yeah. right? Yeah. One of the provisions Dude, gonna, here. We're going to cause an audit one of these days. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you know what? If this podcast gets that much exposure, oh, okay. then, I'll remember then we're that. doing a good job. Okay. But yeah, one of the things <laughs> when we're talking about IRS guidance, this is three years after the original Secure Act, and they're they're just providing some guidance on some guidance. of the original two point or the original secure act stuff right. and and what's funny is we don't have all of the guidance actually <laughs> we just have hey wait a second you all misinterpreted this wrong wait for further guidance yeah it feels but. like a map that it's like you need to go to the woods the woods is over there <laughs> when you get there you'll stand find by the, the woods. tree you'll find the stand woods. by the tree <laughs> the tree and, but not and the wrong wait tree. there, and we'll give you further <laughs> instructions. Yeah, yeah. And then three years later, nope, wrong tree. Yeah, you starved to death and died. <laughs> this episode is starting to sound like a rant, but here's the deal. Well, Secure Act 2.0 has a lot of good tree. stuff in it. Has a lot of good stuff in it, Jason. And I'm going to start with the first, which is it has affected. It, it's changed. Cue the happy music. Yeah, yeah. Happy, <laughs> happy music. Uh, it has a. It's changed the RMD age. That's our RMD is required minimum distribution. So if you yep. have qualified accounts, IRAs, traditional IRAs, so money that hasn't been taxed before, right? That has to come out at some point because Uncle Sam wants his revenue. Right. Uh, so at, this at is essentially this is the federal government putting their hand out, saying never paid on. Yeah, any time, of the money, any of the growth, it's time for you to start paying. You're probably retired at 73. Yeah, so they're they're saying the bill is due. This yep. was it was 70 and a half for the longest time, which is just so awesome. Yeah, leave it to the IRS. <laughs> Let's make it and a half. So they upped it with the regular, the first Secure Act 1.0. I guess right. we, we could call it 1.0. Yeah, let's to 72. It is now 73 years old. So if you turn 73 this tax year, you have to take a required minimum distribution. I don't want to muddy the waters too much. You can wait till April 1st of next yeah, year. Yeah, that is confusing. But um, I would say in most cases that doesn't make sense. Talk to your planner. Talk to a good tax person. They'll be able to help you navigate through all of this. Yep. But the reality is, is the age has moved a year. So look, there's there's some good and bad to this, right? The good is that they're not forcing distributions and taxes as early as they used to be. Right. The bad news on this, and so I got to look at things both ways. The bad news on this is you are more likely to pass on if you're just Correct. taking RMDs out. You're more likely to pass on money, which the distribution schedule gets accelerated if you pass this on to the next generation. Right. Yeah. You're okay. kicking the tax can down the road. And usually our folks, we had this debate just this week, like, you're telling me people don't want to take money out of their investments to live on during retirement. We're like, yeah, like a, a lot of folks, mm-hmm. like they are really conservative in this area. So they have a tendency to want to like 
keep those dollars close to them. And that's fine. That's great. I mean, it's a lot of reasons why they're able to save. But most folks that are reaching RMD age that haven't started distributions are only taking the absolute right. minimum. Yeah. So they're probably going to pass some of this money on to their family. And, and let's let's give the IRS credit where credit's due. They <gasps> know what they're doing. No. Oh, it do. looks like a favor. Yeah. Just like in Secure Act 1.0, where it looked like a favor by pushing that age out to 72, on the back side of things, they eliminated the stretch IRA, which was right. a big deal. Right. Used um, to be able to inherit an IRA and stretch it out essentially for the rest of your if life. If you inherited an IRA at 20 years old, mm-hmm. you had to continue making required minimum distributions, but it was based off of your life expectancy. So yeah, you really could invest that money aggressively and grow it for a, a good long time and then and then pass an inherited IRA on to another beneficiary. And we we saw the inherited inherited IRAs, right. which are a lot of fun doing yeah. those calculations, right? So I, I want to, this is a really important note. I'm a huge advocate for Roth conversions, okay? So converting your traditional IRA to Roth makes tons of sense. And I often get asked the question, do you think the Roth IRA will be eliminated? Hang okay. on, hold on to that thought. Oh, because that's what, that's, the oh, third point. Okay, I'm jumping that's, ahead. That I do want to go there because I think that's you, a really important topic. It is, it and there's is. a lot of stuff to talk about with that because so. there's lots of components yeah. connected to they're maneuvering is what's Absolutely. happening. It's like think now, of battleship. Okay, you let's talk about battleship. <laughs> let's let's put a dog ear on this page because okay. I have some opinions too. I think Ooh. that'll be a good way to wrap this one up. Okay, so RMD age mm-hmm. 73. The last thing I'll say about the RMD ages, the kicker is. The QCD age, Qualified Charitable Distributions, that has remained at 70 and a half. Right. Okay. So that is something that works in your favor as well. Again, just as a quick reminder, you're able to send distributions directly from your IRA to a charity, mm-hmm. 501c3, and not pay taxes, and the charity will not pay taxes. And when you are RMD age, mm-hmm. it counts as it does. your RMD. It counts you don't pay RMD. taxes, yep. but you, you have satisfied your obligation. It is like five gold stars in terms of doing something really good. It's a fantastic planning tool, mm-hmm. uh, especially when we talk about those folks who haven't taken money until RMD age. Right. They're, they're probably only going to take the, the minimums. Most of those people are charitably inclined. Yeah, and if you're somebody that's like, okay, I don't have a lot of folks that I want to leave my, mm-hmm. my money to, maybe didn't have any children, or your children are just like independently wealthy, this is a really, really awesome way to see your legacy, yeah. your life's work at work and something that you really believe in. So, so churches, humane society, all those places you got to think of, you know, you can make a big impact while you're still alive. Right. And, you know, most of those organizations, you know, they would rather see the money now than say, oh, that's great. You left us as a beneficiary and we don't know when that would be. Most of those organizations could use the funds now. Yeah. And they may not even exist in 20 years if it isn't for, you know, some some donations. So So qualified charitable distributions are I mean, we could get we could open a whole nother can of worms. And actually, it it is a good prelude to our next episode where we're going to talk more about credits and deductions and things like that. Ways to save money. Looking forward to that. I am. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So anyway, moving on from RMDs, one of the biggest pieces of the Secure Act 2.0 legislation is Mm -hmm. changes to retirement contributions. We've got this lovely little Blue Jay branded cheat sheet sheet, that shows us a lot of different, uh, you know, we've got tax rates on there. We've got RMD RMD tables, but it's a nice reminder here of our our contributions. So the contribution limits, and I'll I'll just kind of go down the list. 401ks, if you have a 401k, this has gone up. You you can put twenty two thousand five hundred dollars into your four hundred one k now. So that's up from and that's under the age of fifty five hundred. Yeah, right. That's under. So the catch up 
It's if you're at number. 50 and up, is $7,500. That's a lot of money. That's $30,000 you can put in your 401k. I mean, that is a significant 50. change from where we were just a couple years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely is. I mean, it's a huge change from last year. Yep. 403B, there's an additional catch-up with 15 plus years So they're of trying to give like 3, a little 000. bit of... A little bit of... That's an additional... Uh, additional. Yeah. Ca- because 403Bs are traditionally used for nonprofits. Yep. IRAs, that's one that we've gotten mm-hmm. some questions about. So your regular IRA, we we have seen more of these increases over the last few years. Yeah. You know, for a long time, it was 4500 yeah. 5000 Yep. You know, went up to 6000 I believe it was with Secure Act mm-hmm. 1.0. Yep. Now, if you're under the age of 50, you can put up to $6,500 into your IRA or your Roth IRA every year. This one is still plain boggle in my head. Like I'm trying to remember the like, I mean, when you go back and you think about additions to folks IRAs, like mm-hmm. it's changed so much and it's significant. Yeah. $4,500 was not that long ago. Right. So 6,500 is a really, really nice contribution to a Roth or a traditional. Yeah. And at age, se- or age 50, sorry, you mm-hmm. get to catch up with these too. Now, remember, this is an addition to your 401 case typically. Right. You know, there's an additional $1,000 catch up provision there. So $7,500. So you're basically saying that a client that is 50 plus could save 37 grand in retirement accounts before they're like before you're really yeah before you're before you even have to get tactical about things right 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 that's that's insane yeah and there there is more headroom there by the way yeah i mean this this is where our real basic on the surface this is where our job gets really fun too because you know when we look at people who are self-employed or maybe part of the gig uh economy yep uh or let's say someone who's like a farmer something like that Mm -hmm. we've got self-employed but maybe you've got a, a nine to five also I mean, there's really a lot of options there. So I get really excited about that. You would. I know you do too. I do. I know. Simple IRAs is also, there. there's a lot of changes actually around simple IRAs. So we've we've said in the past that simple is not, it, it's anything but simple. <laughs> but simple IRAs, the contribution limits have gone up to 15,500 with a catch up of 3,500 at age 50. Okay. So this is honestly, in my opinion, I have a few clients that are farmers plus nine to fivers. Mm-hmm. And we want to look at where to put some extra money. Okay, yep. so they got a 401k. Maybe they've got an IRA. And then maybe they, they can put some of that self-employment income into the simple or SEP, a SEP as mm-hmm. well. Simplified employee, employee pension plan. Yeah, um, and Those I, numbers have gone up. I think up. the moral to the story of all this, though, is like if you haven't looked, you, you can adjust what mm-hmm. you have. I mean, that's really not to like overcomplicate it and get into the weeds too much because some of those plans folks just don't have a lot of but you, you know and and what's like you said there there's time to adjust now whereas before right. there was a lot of it wasn't super clear on when your your deadlines were for making some of these contributions no. like a sep a sep ira can only have employer contributions so when do they have to make those all that stuff has been extended to the tax filing date now yep, which makes exactly. things a little easier so if if you've got a tax advisor a tax planner that can sit down with you and you probably pay that person a little more. This would be why. <laughs> yeah, right. Have them do the math for yep. you. And if if your tax person isn't comfortable doing that, bring your taxes in and, you know, at least before they're filed and you yeah. can take a look at it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. SEPs in a nutshell, th- there's some percentages we have to apply and all that kind of stuff. Compensation limits. limits. Yeah, it's up to, I mean, $66,000. There's a, a lot, lot of headroom there, right? Oof. So, that's exciting stuff, but I think what's even more exciting than the limits going up, Jason, is the changes to simples and seps and that we can now do Roth contributions simples. to simples and seps. Yeah. 
Nobody knows how, but right. This is again, like you said, <laughs> go out to the woods, and we'll we'll provide guidance later. None of the custodians, I think, are up to speed on this yet. No, I, but it is a change. It is. Um, you're going to be able to do. You know, you look at all the benefits of a Roth. We've mm-hmm. talked about why we like Roth so much. And then for some folks, the only option is a simple or a SEP. And well, I'm sorry, there aren't any Roth all, options all available. Well, there is now. Mm-hmm. And I think another point to make on these contribution limits, it really springs bo- springboards off our last episode, that retire creatively kind of thinking. Folks, I mean, if you're thinking about like, I want to do a sabbatical mm-hmm. or retire maybe a little bit early you got to consider the additional room that the IRS just provided to yeah. us and this legislation is really helpful to you know to squirrel away a couple more dollars now you still have to consider you know the age restrictions associated with a lot of retirement accounts but it is a nice nice option to have yeah. another spot to throw we're talking significant dollars in terms of where we were even just 2 years ago so uh, kind of transitioning into the last part of this, Jason, Ooh. and you and I talked about this. Remember yep. whenever we, we got the news on Secure Act 2.0 and, and I was like popping champagne in my office, like, <laughs> we have a Roth Simple. We have a Roth SEP option. This is great. Yep. I have so many clients I need to call now and tell them, hey, when this becomes... A- Remember, we'd say, when this is available, we're going to take advantage of this. Yep. Now, we got to wait for the custodians mm-hmm. uh, to catch up with it so they can process the transactions correctly. <laughs> yep. Um, it's coming. But yeah, it's, it's coming. Uh, but our question on this one was, well, you look at a small business owner who, let's say, has a simple IRA plan, and there is a tax benefit for them to do matching contributions. Mm-hmm. Right. They right. get to deduct that. Right. So the big head scratcher for me was, I don't have guidance yet. What does this do to the employer's ability to, to deduct this? Mm-hmm. Guess what? You can still deduct it. That is awesome. It's awesome for employees. It's awesome for employers. Yep. Now, that's a really good setup for the last portion here, <laughs> which I've got titled as the Rothification of Retirement Accounts. Ooh, it seems Rothification? Like, I don't think, by the way, that Secure Act 2.0 is it. No, so there's no, no, a no. lot of stuff that we did not cover on 2.0 yet because these are things that are coming down the road. Right. Legislation that's going to enact in 2024, right. 25, and beyond. There's some really goofy stuff in there with employer plans. You know, going up above and beyond mm-hmm. catch ups and things like that based on your income. And, you know, does you, you can catch up in your IRA, but you may have to do a Roth, right? You know, for the catch up. What, what all of this is kind of moving towards, and I think that there will be more legislation coming down the pike. It seems like that big snowball that's going down the hill is overall the Rothification of Americans' retirement accounts, which is really just a way of saying, it's revenue enhancements for the IRS. It's one of those things that it, I think that we can actually say, depending on how this is executed, could be good for everybody involved. Right. So we've talked about why we like the Roth so much, and, and we, we've said it a million times. If you're Uncle Sam, if you or I are Uncle Sam, we don't make this deal with the American people, right? right, right. You pay taxes now and then never again down the road. That's so short. It, it's short-sighted. Sure is. Right? But that's what they're... They need revenue now. They're doing that. Right? They need revenue but now. But I, I think there's probably a component of this. They know that the traditional IRA like ship has sailed. You know, there's less and less folks putting money. And, you know, as those RMDs, I would bet you that, that the revenue from 
RMDs is just going to decline. It's yes. probably at or near its max right now. But and that's why they can push the ages up. That's right. And, yep. and quite frankly, I think that pushing the ages up, they could. There's they're a trying lot to of, replace that revenue. That's well, exactly. You know I mean? But so. they're they're already talking about bumping that to 75 in the near future. Right. Well, why would they do this? Uh, it's not like life extended or life expectancy has extended no. here over the last couple of years. But what they're doing by raising that age is they are increasing the possibility of you passing this on to somebody else who, instead of uh, stretching it over their lifetime, has a 10-year clean-out window with a current RMD required. Right? And they're in a higher tax and in a high Yes, and probably based on you know when you pass away, who's inheriting, you're, you're probably in your highest earning years paying the most taxes you've ever paid. No accident there, folks. Right. There's no accident there. I think what they're doing is they're forcing tax advisors, financial planners, and, and the public... To scratch your head and go, why in the heck would I have traditional assets anymore? That's right. That's exactly right. And you right. said, I'm a huge fan of Roth conversions. We all are. They want us to be huge fans of Roth conversions because Roth conversions mean tax revenue now. Right. Yeah. So see, not a I, great plan down the road I, for I them. Still, but. I still think that I think there's a chance that that the Roth conversion could be a victim of some of this because if I am able to accelerate distributions, convert to a Roth and pay taxes in a client's lower tax bracket, the IRS can't possibly like that. And I know that's, that's been proposed, but that's the struggle it's a struggle is, yes. is there because if they were really looking at it, if we'll put it this way, if they could afford to look at it, like you or I could mm-hmm. look at it, they would say, no, I'll take the tax revenue down the road on right. a bigger pot of exactly. money and tax rates aren't going down. Right. Yeah. But you know, they have like behavioral folks in the room when they're designing these bills and we know how difficult it is to convince somebody like, yeah, we're going to intentionally raise your tax bill. And they're like, are you out of your mind? And we're like, so they don't, yeah, we're going to do it anyway. Like it's the best thing But to for come you. out and just raise your tax bill. That, that's not very popular to do it this no, way. I know. I, I get it. <laughs> right. I, I get it. And I think that's Realize why. They, they can't spend our money fast enough. Right. I understand. Okay. Yeah. We know that. So, and, <laughs> so I, I think when you look at all this, like even even looking at the employer being able to duck, to mm-hmm. duck to this, what, is, what does that do to the employee who gets that match? Well, you don't see it because it goes into your Roth simple, but that's you right. are claiming the ordinary income, right? So they yeah, are going to get absolutely. taxes. Yeah. But this whole Rothification of retirement accounts, mm-hmm. uh, I see I see this momentum picking up. I'm calling my shot here. I don't know. I don't have a time frame or anything like that. But I could see legislation down the road. And I'd like to hear, I, I know a couple of people that listen to the podcast, some some tax folks yeah. that probably have strong opinions. I would love to have this conversation. I would not be surprised if at some point they say, look, all of those traditional retirement accounts, we've got to convert those to Roth. Yeah. And you've you got, got X years. amount of years to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And going forward, all of your retirement options are Some going to be in the form of a Some real smart politician is going to figure that out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're like age 80 or something, you yeah. know, they're just going to be like, it is what it is. Yeah. Ooh. Hey. We are conspiracy theorists. There's no doubt about it. But this is, I mean, Get we the can. the tinfoil out Honestly, <laughs> I, you can look at this and say, I can see how this works in our yeah, favor. Absolutely. So th- I think this was a fun way to kick off the beginning of tax season. We're going to have some more episodes here that are tax related, not not to bore anybody, but to, to give us some ideas and get our wheels turning on how mm-hmm. we can save money, uh, how we can set up our, our set ourselves up a little bit better uh, in the future. So Hang Tax with season us, guys. is this upon is good. us. It's good. Let, let's uh, embark on that journey. Well, you're Jason, gonna be, you're going to be smarter than a lot of folks if you listen to this episode. So it's good. <laughs> it's good. I hope so. 
<laughs> well, folks, it's time to close out the tab. Thanks for having a drink with us this week. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the, the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.